Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My origin story as it exists for me now, for who Shanti Das is present day, is the night at September 2015 where I almost took my own life. I really heavily contemplated, you know, taking my own life. I had counted up all the pills in my medicine mm. cabinet and I just couldn't get these thoughts out of my head, you know, telling me to kill myself. And I knew had I stayed at the house, I might have taken them. And it wasn't that I wanted to die. I just couldn't figure out how to let the pain go away. Welcome to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. Listen, listen, people. You know there are some topics that just speak to me, right? There, there are some topics that I just feel like we have an obligation to talk about. Financial empowerment. You know me. You know us. You know that's one of them. Our physical health, that's another one. Mm-hmm. But our mental health, you know here at Wild Black, that's a big one. We've talked about it several times with several people, but that's never enough. <clears throat> Today's episode is focused on the idea of the pivot, right? It is from where you are to where you need to be and how you get there. And mental illness and mental health is going to be a huge, huge part of what we talk about today. I want to start with a question for each of you. What do you do when your call calls you? When your calling calls you, when you find your purpose, or better put, when your purpose finds you. I don't remember how Shabazz said it last time we talked to him. He had a very clever way of talking about being found by your reason for being in the first place. And I think that's going to be kind of pivotal to what we talk about today because our guest today, Ms. Shanti Doss, found her life's calling through her own experience. She was called by her calling. And I don't want to take a lot of time on this intro because there's a lot of amazing stuff that I want us to get to. But consider that. Consider while you're here. And consider that while you're here, building toward whatever it is that you're building, it is yourself that will move you there. It is the ability to take care of yourself that allows you to perform in the places that God may have put you to perform. And if you are not taking care of yourself, what are you doing? How are you get to where you're supposed to be? I want to start preaching. I'm going to turn this thing over. <laughs> Ms. Shanti Das, welcome to Wild Black. I- it is so good. I, folks, I told her before we started, I have been wanting to have this conversation with her for oh. probably, I'm not joking, probably three years. Wow. Probably Thank three you. years. Yeah, yeah. I saw you, I don't know if it was on The Breakfast Club, I saw you on something. 
And I knew eventually this conversation was going to have to happen. And so I could not have been more happy when we got the okay to do this. Well, I'm grateful to every, all the good folks at BCW who made this happen. Absolutely. <laughs> so listen, I'd love for you to take a few moments and do this. You have done a lot, right? And, and, and in that, I think people often put themselves in the box and they decide that because I do this on Monday, I must also do that on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But you, ma'am, you have taken your life's journey where you wanted it to go or where it was intended to go. You had a 20, 25-year career in music, and you made a pivot. I would love for you to tell the folks listening just a little bit about who you are and why this episode is so critical. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah. I I don't take it for granted whether I'm on GMA3, when it was still on, (laughs) (laughs) or The Breakfast Club, or Wild Black, right? Amen. And so... Just thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for and, being here. recognize what I'm doing. So, who am I? I am a little country girl from the A. I'm old Atlanta. We started talking about <laughs> old Atlanta before the show started. But um, I am the child of Gloria Doss, the late Gloria Doss and the late Ashti Doss. My mom is black. My dad was from India. So, I'm a little mixed chick girl from the A. But yeah. raised, you know, 100% in African-American culture. Right. I didn't know anything about the Indian side of my culture. Since I was seven months old, my dad took his own life. Mm. We'll mm. get into that a little bit more. Yeah. And so I, well, I guess that's a part of my story. I'm yeah. a child of a parent who took his own life, who died by suicide. And I like to say died by suicide instead of committed, because yeah. I feel like committed denotes a criminal act. Yeah, I'm My father that. wasn't a criminal. He just was sick. He yeah. wasn't in his right frame of mind when that happened. And so grew up in the SWATs. Shout out to the SWATs, Southwest Atlanta, Mays High Raider. I was a football trainer for varsity football and basketball men's team for four years. I love sports. I love music. Um, I love God. And so I got my start right out of graduating from Syracuse University okay. at LaFace Records. First record I ever worked was Players Ball. That's a that's a hell of a that's a hell of a record to say you worked. That's Ooh, a hell of a first record. Yeah. I tell you, I still pinch myself sometimes. Like, really, God? Okay, that's what you're doing. So that was awesome. And then I hit the road with Tony Braxton that uh-huh. same year. She was opening up, which is so weird. I think her it's opening, opening up yeah. for Frankie Beverly and Mays, and I had to go out to all the shows to put together the meet and greets for radio and so forth. And so I I had a great run working with Outkast, TLC Usher, Tony Braxton, all the LaFace greats, and then had moved up to New York City, worked in New York for 10 years in the music business, got to work with uh, Run DMC for like three months, but it was still Run DMC. It was still Run DMC. <laughs> so I didn't do a whole lot with them, but it was an awesome time to be with them and, and worked Outkast, um, then moved over to Columbia Records, did some stuff with Jermaine Dupree and Jagged Edge and some of his artists at So So Deaf and even got to do the marketing on the Musicology album with Prince. Now, that might be the coolest shit I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be Whoa. able to say something like that? Yeah, I, t- I was on tour with him for Musicology. That was the album where, if y'all remember, when you bought a ticket to the show, I mean, when you purchased the album, rather. Well, wait, let me get it right. When you bought a ticket to the concert, you got the album. Right. Yeah, that's how we did it. And so it was, you know, of course, his genius. And we just brought it to the market. Yeah. But that was a dream come true. 
And then my last stint in the music business was at Universal Motown working under the great Sylvia Roan, oh. who was probably the biggest African-American female in music um, on the executive side. And I worked with Buster Rhymes, Ashanti, um, Life Jennings. No, Life was at Columbia. But Buster Rhymes, Ashanti, and some other really great artists over at Columbia and uh, Universal Motown. So, had your a really your good resume run. stacked. Had yeah. a really, really good run, and I'm grateful for all of that. Um, but through all of that, I never did deal with my dad's suicide. Yeah. Hmm. And that's what I think, you know, allowed things to kind of unfold. But, you know, I'm just a girl that loves music, sports, mental and physical health now, yeah. you know. And I love people. I genuinely love people. I think that's why being in the business, like the entertainment business, you know, it allows me to to talk to people. And my mother always taught me to, like, carry myself in a, from a humble perspective. No matter who I meet, where I go, you know, people are people. And at any given moment, all of this can be snatched from you. And Amen so I try to treat everybody with the same amount of respect. So probably to the last 13 years, I kind of turned my life over to still a little bit in the music space, but more so uh, being a servant leader. Yeah. Now, that might have been a little long-winded, but... No. That's it. And, I'm, you know, I'm complicated, too, in a lot of ways, because I'm always, I said this earlier, overthinking things sometimes, but um, I'm also, you know, a child of God, and I try to put my faith, you know, at the top. Yeah. And so, um, in addition to, you know, if I ever need help with therapy, I also lean on God when I'm yeah. going through stuff. So, yeah. Therapy for me. Life be life, and, you know, for all of us. True stories. Yeah. True Especially story. while being black. True story. <laughs> so. True story. But we're going to jump into this wild black shit because the audience is expecting yes. the art brother. <laughs> Go ahead, hit it with it, and we can dive into this. Yes, thing. yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. All right. So, I ain't going to lie. I'm real excited about it, especially question two. I'm sorry. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm glad you ain't asking me. Me too. I, I I don't know what I would do with that second one. But uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> three questions. Okay. To get you warmed up. Third one is our signature question. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right. First one. This is a softball. I had to make a super 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 nice softball for the first one because the second one. The is second one is rough. Oh y'all are scaring <laughs> me. Oh lord. Rough. So Thanksgiving, to me, it is the best time and the most celebrated time to actually eat food, good for food, sure. right? Tell us what your top three foods are for Thanksgiving. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Turkey dressing and potato salad. Potato salad? Yeah. Potato my, salad be fire when it's let, right, Let me boy. just say, my family is big on potato salad and mac and cheese. And my okay. mother made the best potato salad. Mustard ever. or Mustard mayo. and mayo. Both? Oh, yeah. I'm with that. Oh, yeah. I'm with that. I, look, but I, no I, carrots, I don't think I've never no had some sour cream on top of it. None of the crazy shit. Like, yeah. What about raisins? No, sir. Okay, I had to check. I had to check. I had to no, check. no, sir. Did you forget what show you were on? I had to check. No, 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 no. I had to Eggs, check. Eggs, potatoes, celery, a little bit of onion. Yeah. Yep. Mustard, mayo, sometimes pimentos, and oh. then the sweet salad cubes. Not relish. I'm with, I'm with it. Okay. And then a little pep paprika yeah, sprinkled on top. I'm like, I, would try that. I would try that. And I, I made it this year. I actually made it. 
Because that's how you rattle off them, them ingredients so oh, yeah. quick. You you don't eat potato salad at all? N- not really. It's my brother. and it's actually my favorite. Like growing up, my brother and sister love mac and cheese, and my mom and all of them. And I was I love potato salad. I can't explain it, but for me, it is something mm. about it's my thing. Really cold potato salad. Oh, so you got to make it the it's, night before, it's, right? Because it's got to sit in the because refrigerator. It's, yeah. It's gotta be. Cold. So I made it Tuesday for the Wednesday Friendsgiving that I had. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And with that, yeah. get that check of approval on that first one. Mm. You did it with a softball, but this yeah. second one. Oh, Ooh. man, right. y'all. It might be easy for her based on her history. No. You heard what she said. Nope. Mm-mm. This ain't easy for nobody. This ain't, no. This, this, oh, mm-mm. man. Hold up. Mm-mm. I, I apologize in advance for yeah, the question. Yeah, this one, this one, yeah. I'm going to have to And you got to answer. You got you to gotta pick one. <laughs> I'm going to have to plead the you can't, you, can't, you can't ease out of it. You got you to gotta pick. You got to lean into picking one. Oh, my God. All right. So music is super impactful and really influential in, in everybody's life. Everybody. I want us to take, a, uh, take it back just a little bit. Okay. We got two, we got multiple great musicians and entertainers. Some oh, that the best pick. the world has mm-hmm. ever seen. But it's rougher than and that. And known. If you had to remove an artist in their entire catalog what? from oh, the world, yes, still gets worse. Which artist would it be? I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name. But hold on, before she does that, is this multiple choice? Uh-huh. I'm gonna yeah. name. But but when you remove that artist and their catalog, you also remove. Everybody they inspired. Oh, come on, so you, y'all. It, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And every sample that ever right. came after it. So if you remove Michael Jackson, Chris Brown gone. Usher gone. But mm-hmm. This is a tough one. You ready? I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> First is MJ. Second is Prince. Well, y'all playing on the show. Third, <laughs> Whitney Houston. Cut it out. Fourth is Luther. And fifth is Marvin Gaye. One? One. MJ, Prince. MJ and Prince are... Untouchable. 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 You can't, they just... It wouldn't be no out, music today. Out the gate. Right, it wouldn't be no music. Out the gate. So, okay, mm-hmm. we We'd be got back doing like this. Luther, Whitney, and Marvin Gaye. Good grief. Whitney, I got to have a female in there, so yep. mm-hmm. go ahead and she got to stay. Okay, we got three, <gasps> three to stay. Luther and Marvin Gaye. Y'all gonna have people hating on me mm. in the comments. Mm. This it's a hard, it's a anybody, hard choice. Y'all asked this question before to other people? We, Not asked, to this one, we asked one like this similar to, uh, yeah. to Dwelle. We, we, did, we asked Dwelle something similar. This was like James Brown. And I don't remember no more. Yeah. I love. Let me just first go on the record saying. <laughs> <laughs> the disclaimers are, y'all are here. Listening, <laughs> yes. I am a Luther fan and I'm a Marvin Gaye fan. But if I had to remove one of the two... Let me see where you gonna go. <sighs> I would... That shit is real. I would just say, you know, Marvin Gaye's coming around in another lifetime. What? Mm. Marvin Gaye. Wow. And Marvin it's not Gaul. that I think he's less talented. That's just in my playlist. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I got tremendous amount of respect mm. for him. I think he was a little bit too... You know, before my time, and mm. my family loved and adored him. Yeah. And I got certain songs I adore by him, but I have mm. more records that I listen to in Luther's catalog. I feel that. 
I got but you, you. You know what I thought now? I like the narrowing down. Who no longer exists? You know how many babies are made to Marvin? Who, oh, who sure. is not here We anymore? might not be here. We might not be yeah, here. Yeah, we might have just So y'all don't be mad at me. I'm a Marvin Gaye fan, but you see they put me in a really we tough We did that. Position. We will accept mm-hmm. responsibility yes, for yes, that. That was Please difficult. Please blame Wild Black. That was difficult. I would prefer if y'all asked me taking it out of my playlist, Mm-mm. not taking them out of the Mm-mm. the world of music because yes. you can't erase Marvin Gaye. Let me just, mm. you can't erase Marvin Gaye. Yeah, that, that comes he a just, disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't erase Marvin Gaye. <laughs> I agree. That, that one was tough. That's I, hard. I, I just gracefully bowed out of that one. I'd be like, oh, no, no. <laughs> All right. I just started crying to distract. Like, oh my God. Like, uh, the impact that they Marvin. made. I'm going to mm. have to keep saying that throughout my interview. I do love, <laughs> I do love Marvin Gaye. Okay. <laughs> All right, third question. Same yes. as your question. Okay. What do you love most about life while black? Ooh. Just in general? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love us because it's certain things that, like, you just know, like, that we get inherently, like, comedy. Yeah. And, um... The resilience yeah. of mm-hmm. black people, we can get hit so hard in the stomach and find joy through it all. Because I think we had to be a resilient people through the days of slavery. 100%. For example, when, you know, the food that we were given as slaves, from what I've read and what I've been told, were scraps yeah. Yeah. that the white people, you know, either the fat cut off from something that they didn't eat or whatever, and they gave it to us thinking they were, like, probably punishing us. Yeah. And damn, if we ain't make soul food from it. Yeah. Gumbo. So we are oxtails. definitely just a resilient yeah. people. I love our style and our fashion. 100. Like, I don't care where you go, like, and I remix a lot of stuff that I wear, and, of course, I'm a child of hip-hop. Everywhere that I go, I like to travel. And, yeah, I go to the white man's land. I like Europe. And just because they didn't colonize everything don't mean that they get to keep, you know, the beauty of the land. So yeah. I love the richness of the some of the land in Europe. But when I go, it's black culture all over everything. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know Worldwide. what I mean? So I love the fact that we inspire the world. I, you know, I hate all the unrest that's happening over in Israel, but I'm at the Western Wall one day, mm. and it's some kids in a cypher dancing mm. to hip-hop. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I love us because that is our influence. So yeah. music, fashion, resilience. Um, we are um, a faithful people. Uh, I love how we we respect praise and worship. I, I'm a church girl. Right. I, I And I've been several different denominations. It's not about religion for me. I grew right. up Catholic. Yeah. Left, you know, and went to non-denomination. Now I'm Baptist and I go to right. Ebenezer. But... I love how we love on each other in church, and I love how we love God, and I love how yeah. we're not a, or how we're unapologetic yeah. about our faith. Um, I just I, I feel like everything is um, every commercial is you know they want to use a hip hop or R and B artist, you know they it's like the world wants to be us in a sense, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Even you know I mean, and I know I'm 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 of mixed descent. And, you know, a lot of times I might wear my hair a certain way and they'll be like, well, how'd you do that? Or what'd you put on your hair? Or some of my other friends, you know, with braids who might rock braids. And they're like, can I touch your hair? Like, I, I, I love that they love us so much that that shit makes them uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they can't figure it out, right? 
Right. And like, we why? just cool as hell. Like, it's who white we people are. just cool. I love that answer. So, yeah. <clears throat> I'm supposed to jump into the dope quote, Brazilian but you said cool. something that, that I wanted to ask about. You talked about traveling internationally and seeing the cypher happening, right? Or mm-hmm. seeing some breakdancing. Like, I have a lot of pride in, in the culture that I claim, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't, where I've, I have impacted culture and I, and I have taken the culture that's created and I've, and I've loved on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've exuded it out. But like, just sitting here thinking about your history, like, you were literally part of creating it. How does that feel for you when you see it emulated in places that 30 years ago we probably never even imagined it would be? Oh, it definitely... Um, it's got to hit different, right? It's humbling. And it's like, it's one of those wow moments. Yeah. Um, you know, I happened to be at the Source Awards with Outcast that night in 1995. Wow. When, South got something to say. South yeah, got like, to say. I was actually there. Me, Dre... Big Boy and Michael Blue Williams, their manager at the time. Of course, Goody was there, but we were the only ones sitting, you know, we were on the same row sitting together. So it was, that's one of the most iconic moments in hip-hop. Absolutely. And to yeah. see, like, you know, Andre and Big Boy and all that they've been able to do and how, of course, there was history in Atlanta hip-hop, right? right. Giving credit to J.D. and Mojo and Shadi and Raheem the Dream and those guys that came before, but to see what Outkast was able to do, how it really put Southern hip-hop. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Just in a different level of respect yeah. in the overall hip-hop game. Um, it feels really good. I've, I've been a part of a few documentaries this year. Been in a couple. For this um, celebration of 50 years of hip-hop. And um, all I can do is just thank God for those opportunities and... It's been an honor to be a part of something that is really now a global phenomenon. Literally global, every place you go. All right, we're going to get back on schedule. All right, the dope quote. The dope quote is something from religion, history, science, math, entertainment. It doesn't matter. It has relevance and connects to the topic. Mm -hmm. It's typically from the mouth of someone black, but today it's not. I want to read it Hmm. and then get your immediate thoughts on it. Really good. Hmm. I I very rarely step outside. Wow. When I read it, I was like, it's it. That's it's my gold. story. Okay. And I think that's everybody's story, really. All right. You are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress Oof. simultaneously. You are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously by Sophia Bush. When you hear that, Shanti, what comes to mind for you? My life. Doesn't it? <laughs> my life, bro. 
I might look good depending on which eye you use, but if you use the other one, I am falling and apart. Fo- and what Listen. focus you, you, you yeah. Because so many people, when I stepped mm. away, I was at the height of my career. You were like SVP over at Universal, right? Executive Vice President. Ooh. Oh. End of 2009. Not a lot of women had that title at that yeah. time on the marketing side. I was making almost a half million dollars a year. Let me hold something. Corner, no. <laughs> you know, that's my question. 13 years ago, I could let you hold my eat $10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, but uh, Range Rover, you know, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Living the quote-unquote life, I exactly. guess, that we thought we all wanted. But I was struggling. Um, I was stressed out. I just wasn't as fulfilled anymore. Uh, I was riding uptown in a taxi one time in Harlem that year. My whole right side went numb. Mm. Crazy, got diagnosed with what was called cervical spinal stenosis, which mm. is like the fluid wasn't getting properly into some of the vertebrae in my neck and it was pressing down on my nerves and it was just a whole thing. Mm. Come to find out, it was a direct result of stress. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. What? Do I'm that. in my early 30s. What? Yep. Like, late 30s. Like, what is that? So, anyway. He's grinding team, no sleep. I'm trying to go get it. It's going to get you. And that's what, you know, yeah. we came from, you know, the 90s, 2000s. Yeah. That was our mantra. Yeah. Hashtag team, no sleep. I remember. The harder you work, the more you were celebrated. Yeah. The more hours you worked. Those and are bad. I, I wasn't good. eating right. Like, I, and mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, like, a couple years ago, I was in New York doing something mental health related. Right. And I ended up ordering a car service. I don't have the money like I used to to order car services, but the company had um, said they'll get me a car. So I was like, I got a service I used to use. So anyway, long story short, the guy used to pick me up, pick me up. And oh, wow. I told him about what I had been going through because he didn't know my story. He said, wow, you know, thank you for sharing. He said, but I got to tell you. He said, I used to drop you off at one in the morning and then one of my other drivers was coming to get you at 5 a.m. He's like, I don't know how you were doing it. Mm. I was going at that level nonstop all the time, for, doing for everybody else except for me. Yeah. Eating on the road, not, you know, eating healthy, not really probably going to my doctor's appointments. And then you, you know, also think about it, I had family down south, so I was missing a lot of that. I was sacrificing a lot. Yeah, but that impacts you whether you feel it or and not. And then on top you, of that, when I got stressed out, I started thinking about my dad's suicide and all of that. And Life. Then my uncle got cancer and passed away, and he helped raise me. Then my mom was developing dementia. And so all of this, it was like the perfect storm of things. And it just, it, it, it made me crash and burn. So I quit and walked away from it all. So, you know, as, as even though I was, I thought I was this masterpiece as the EVP and, you know, doing all this stuff in the industry, but I was such a work in progress through yeah. all of it from a wellness perspective. I remember watching Shonda Rhimes give the commencement address. I don't remember what school. <clears throat> this was, man, probably 10 years ago. And she said a line that has stuck with me ever since. She said, for everything you see me succeeding at, I'm failing at three times that number. Right? It is Facts. typically at the expense yeah. of a spouse, a child, health. Like, I'm failing someplace. Yeah, and, and for, for sure. me, the idea now is that I don't know where we get it from. I, I've got ideas. But I think we as a culture have begun, not even begun. We've been doing it for a while. But we equate the word busy with success. Oh, yeah. Right? And the busier the busier we are, the more successful we look. Whether we mm-hmm. truly are or not, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we're limiting ourselves or not, but we are hindering ourselves long-term oh, yeah. by doing that. That burning the yep. candle at both ends, yep. eventually the candle disappears. Catch and when up. that does, you are in trouble in that yeah. point. 
And you can be busy and not going nowhere. Nowhere. Taking a step in each direction. At the end of the day, you have gone nowhere but your feet hurt. Mm-hmm. Or around in a circle. Yep. Yep. That's but real. Yeah. That's the, real. the quote is deep and it represents my life. It represents the struggle for so many of us, I think, too, you know, that on the outside, especially with social media, and you think about the highlight reel, and when you think about young people and or just it, people that are impressionable, we're all mm-hmm. impressionable when it comes to social media because yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, let me put this thing down so I don't go down this rabbit hole. But we're looking at essentially what we think are masterpieces of everybody's life. Yep. Yep. When essentially it's still a work in progress. Yeah. Most of the people aren't telling you the shit, excuse my language, yeah. that is the work in progress. Right. But if you look at my IG, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna give you the real nine times out of ten, yeah. you know, because I was very public about, you know, my mental health and my challenges and everything I went through when I almost you know, when I contemplated taking my own life in 2015, I've been very vocal about it. I've been very vocal about, you know, the the grief journey that I experienced yeah. with my sister and my mother because I was essentially grieving my mother's Alzheimer's for years too because that's that's a grieving process in and of itself when you're a caregiver and dealing with your parents so yeah I mean we are all works in progress you know and none of this permanent you know I don't like what there what is perfection I mean in my book there is only one person that is not of this earth that's perfect to me. Absolutely. And that's just my thoughts. I don't try to impose my faith for anything on anybody, on anybody's show, anybody's life. But for me, there is no such thing as being perfect. Right. So I'm always going to be a work in progress, you know. And to me, when you even equate, you know, works of art with a masterpiece, what makes them masterpieces are the flaws. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, my flawed life is a masterpiece that I'm constantly working on. Yeah, yeah. I think when you consider social media's impact on people, I think we spend so much time looking at validation through others that we see their angles, but not their actuals. Everybody knows their angles. 100%. They know how to take their picture. Right. But the real story is often quite a bit different. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't need no filter. Yeah. I mean, some of my friends will take pictures and they're like, hold on, hold on, let me get the filter. I, I what? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, my cheeks might be puffy here and, <laughs> you know, my cheekbones not as high as they used to be. Like, whatever. Like, I, I don't need a filter. This is who I am. Yeah. All right, so check it out here. I, I, I like for us to eat our dessert first, right? We don't wait till the end. So I want to start. some red velvet early. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat a second time. Look. <laughs> I don't even need no ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the dessert? I don't want people to, to, to have to wait for their dessert here. So the first question I want to ask you is this. When you think about your journey, your goal, your destination, what is it that you desperately want black folks to know and understand that we don't quite know and understand today? Ooh. You mean my journey or just life's journey? Yours, like the, the reason you believe you are here. What is it that you need to make sure people understand that perhaps they don't understand? Mm, that's a great question. I need people to understand that even though they see this great career, all the artists I've worked with, all the accomplishments, the awards, and things I get invited to, it's been hard as hell. All the glitters ain't gold. I need people to know that there is sacrifice, 
There is hard work. There is hardship. And there is joy and sorrow in this journey. And my life has been full of ups and downs. You know, I get people, wonderful, kind people who follow me and see me and sing my praises. And I'm like, I am grateful, but this ain't what y'all think it is. You know, Mm -hmm. I almost lost my home twice. I almost took my own life. Like, yeah, I've been at the Grammys and I've been all over the world traveling to Japan and I've been to Switzerland and I've been to Ethiopia. I've been to India. You know, all of that. Israel, wonderful. I love all of that. But, you know, again, life be lifing. So, like, please don't think that my life has been easy. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yes, I have, you know, always had a roof over my head. I, my mom did her best to raise me and my sister, my brother. We never had to want for food, but life hasn't been easy. I had to get student loans. My mother had to get student loans. Like, you know, life was hard. And it still is. And I still struggle sometimes. You know, I still have my mental health challenges. There are certain things, we talked about this, that trigger me from a grief perspective or... Sometimes just these racing thoughts in my head, you know, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Even though, you know, I know I have healthier ways to cope, you know, I'm still human. Um, So I just don't want people to think like life has just been one big party for me. I've had some incredible fucking times, excuse my language, (laughs) amazing experiences, but it has also not come without sorrow and tribulations. And that is the difference with me. I'm going to give you the good, good, and I'm going to give you the real, real. I think there's always balance. So for every celebratory moment, believe me, there was a moment of sadness that's just going to counter that at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I am, again, going back to your quote, I'm just still a work in progress. But I'm trying to be the best human I can be. Yeah in addition to being the best black person I can be. So I think we're human first. And there's so many other people in this world that we have to learn how to work with and get along with. And my faith teaches me to love, to lead with love. I think the idea of perfection is really about that. It's realizing that one perfection on this earth doesn't exist. But the journey is about being the best that I can be in all my capacity. Mm -hmm. I think that is the idea of perfection manifested inside of humanity. Oh, yeah. Question I want to ask you is this. Like, I don't believe in superheroes, right? There's, there's no Iron Man. There's no Superman. But what I do believe in are superhero moments. Mm-hmm. And I think each of us along the time of our lifespan will have probably multiple superhero moments where when we act and we move in our capacities, we can have significant impact on the people around us, maybe the world around us, right? Mm-hmm. Those are our superhero moments. So in that thinking, what was the origin story for you as you found your way toward the superhero moment that you're living in now? What is your origin story? Mm. So, my, I mean, obviously my origin 
dates back to, I feel like, my birth, right? Right. But I want to just kind of take it from my rebirth. Love it. Rebirth. And the pivot. And my origin story as it exists for me now, for who Shanti Das is present day, is the night at September 2015 where I almost took my own life. I really heavily contemplated, you know, taking my own life. I had counted up all the pills in my medicine mm. cabinet and I just couldn't get these thoughts out of my head, you know, telling me to kill myself. And I knew had I stayed at the house, I might have taken them. And it wasn't that I wanted to die. I just couldn't figure out how to let the pain go away. And so I got in my car and started driving around and ran into a friend. So random, because she lived way on the other side of town. But I don't think that moment was random now. That's, that's God right. working. And she was like, she knew something wasn't right. And she convinced me to call my sister, who was living, still living at the time. And my sister had me call the suicide lifeline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. Now you can just dial 988. So they've since enhanced that process. Just like instead of calling 911, you dial 988 if you're in a mental health crisis. I also texted my pastor, and this story has been told before. My pastor, I told you I'll go to Ebenezer, Senator Warnock, also Reverend Warnock. He said, I'll pray with you because we would, he would call me sometimes and check on me and we would pray together. But he was like, this time you got to go to the doctor. You got to get some help. And so I called my primary health care physician and um, he recommended a psychiatrist for me, a black female psychiatrist. And that's when I started on my antidepressants. And so that was like a rebirth moment for me of just the will to live, having that desire to want to get help. And after that, that was when everything changed for me and I kind of like rededicated my life from a spiritual standpoint and from a, a health perspective of getting the help that I needed to get my mind back healthy and start pouring into others. And I never realized like... um I was afraid back then to really tell people what was going on. What, what would people think, you know? And then I just kind of let God lead my thoughts. And I just just started talking openly. And I called it like digital journaling, you know, sharing on social media. But trying to share in a positive way my experience. And never in a million years did I ever think I would start a foundation you know, do the work that I'm doing now. I have a podcast, the Mebo Show, around mental and physical health. But oh, but God, God had bigger plans for me. And I, you know, it's funny. One of my mentees, his name is Free the Vision. He started volunteering for Silence and Shame, and you know, we would talk about my music career and talk about what I was doing now. And it's funny how younger people can put things in perspective. He was like, "You don't have two different legacies." He's like, "It's still one legacy." You still Shanti who did great things in music. You just, you you pivoted and now you're doing something else. And then God is also allowing you back into these spaces. You're working with musicians around mental health and record companies and different things. And so it's been a cool journey. It's been great to see how it has unfolded. But that was the origin of kind of like who I am present day and that rebirth within my spirit, my mind, and my body. I want to ask this question. I want to. Then I'm going to go dig into Silence of Shame and the Mebo show. But something I think is really, really important. But for everyone listening, if you have not had a moment 
where your mental health and mental wellness was in jeopardy. One, be patient, right? Because we all will experience it in some capacity. Um, I think the number, the latest numbers I saw were someplace between one in three people mm-hmm. will deal with a mental illness, someplace between one in 15 to one in 20 will deal with a major mental illness at some point. But mm-hmm. what that means is if it's not you, it's someone you love. Correct. Right. So it is around you. It is impacting you. It is affecting you, whether you know it or not, because it's affecting your people. Right. And so I think for those who are not in the know when it comes to how to manage through mental illness, they might imagine a world where you realize it, go to the doctor, the doctor puts you on a medication or treatment regimen, and then you're perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Is that the reality? That is not the reality for everyone. (laughs) Right. Because I don't want to say that's not the reality. reality for some right. someone's may have someone may have experienced it like that and they may be perfectly fine and i hope that is your reality right, right? that you're able to go to the psychiatrist get diagnosed take your medicine if you need it cuz everyone doesn't need medication right. or start seeing your therapist on a regular basis right. you know for me i started taking my antidepressants and i probably did it i was on them for about maybe 4 months and then, you know, wean myself off of them. And then started really doing this work. So I immersed myself in this work, and that helped me out a lot. But then, of course, the grief journey happened, and so I got back into therapy. I also did grief counseling. And so it's been a lot of ups and downs for me. Um, I, I got back into therapy heavily after my mother passed. Um, it'll be two years, <clears throat> excuse me, two years in January. So, and then... We talked about this. So you have triggers. You never know what might trigger you. Also, the older I get, like I have um, this really fear of heights. Like I remember one day going to visit a friend. And I was going up. Y'all been to L.A. before, right? Uh So I think it's called Laurel Canyon. You can like go over the canyon to get across the... um, From one side of Hollywood to the next. Runyon Canyon is the one that I'm familiar with. So anyway... I was going to visit a friend, and I got up a little halfway up the hill, and I couldn't move. I literally froze and had a panic attack. Right. And it was like 13 cars behind me in this little bitty road, and I had to I had to turn around. I could not drive up to the top. So that's just, you know, situational. But I still feel like, you know, I deal with anxiety from different things. And, and that one came out the blue, right? You had not experienced that before. Right? Only one time, and that was at night during 9-11. Gotcha. Because I was there when it happened, and I saw the South Tower collapse. Oh, wow. I was about to get on the ferry. Oh, so I came wow. home to Atlanta after it happened because I was so terrified. But once I got back to New York, the first time I drove over to George Washington Bridge, I thought that it might blow up or something. Mm. I had talked myself into it, so I ended up having a panic attack. And that was the first time. So anyway... So different things are going to happen in life and can can trigger you. So, you know, some people may always have smaller challenges that they deal with. You mentioned earlier some of the statistics. I don't know the current statistics, but yet not everyone has a full-blown mental illness. Right. Um, because there are people that are severely mentally ill and they need their medication or they need to be in facilities, you know, and that sort of thing. And Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I tell people we all have mental health. We may not all have a mental illness. But something in your life could trigger mental health challenges. 
It could be a loss of a job, a loss of a spouse, a divorce, um, a loss of a parent, you know, a best friend, whatever. Like, I also didn't mention that my best friend took her own life in 2014. Mm. So sorry. And I had talked to her 12 hours before it happened. Mm. That's what kind of started me on that downward spiral that first year because I was trying to, I kept going back in my head, like, what did I miss? What did I miss? So I was like blaming myself and and one thing led to another. And then that's when I started really thinking about my dad and, you know, dealing with that unresolved trauma from that. So it was like snowballed, right? So you don't know what life situation might bring a mental health challenge on you. And so, you know, it really just depends. So hopefully, you know, that's why my organization exists because we want to provide people with healthy ways to cope. You may not need medication. You may be able to just simply go to therapy or if you have some unresolved trauma, maybe do psychotherapy, you know, figure out what type of therapy may work for you. But I tell people like, just like, you know, when an NBA player or NFL player or any sort of athlete, they have their team of people around them. You got your lawyers, you got your accountants. What's wrong with having a regular therapist or having a life coach, you know, having a spiritual coach? Like, you need your team to support your mind just yeah. like everything else. And be proactive. And be proactive reactive. about it. Yeah. yeah. So if I feel like I'm slipping a little bit, and when I say slipping, like feeling a little bit more down, you know, like, I recognize it. I had, I was like, okay, I need to call my therapist and I need to just, you know, I'm starting to think about my mom a lot again and my sister and I need some sessions to kind of, you know, it's like a tune-up. You yeah, know, you, yeah, you need to get that oil changed. You, what you gonna do? You gonna take your car up to the dealership. So it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, so just being proactive about it, having healthy ways to cope, having the tools, being educated, being knowledgeable about it. That's why my organization, Silence and Shame, exists, is to educate our communities because there's still a lot of stigma that exists out there. And so even though, like, I have friends and companies that have EAP programs and they know the resources are there, but they're like, oh, I just delete that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you also might, I know, I see you struggling. So you you have access to the resources, but you don't use them. So, you know, being able to go in and, you know, be able to properly articulate it, especially in our community. Yeah. Because I think as Black folks, you know, as much as we're talking about it now, there's still a lot of families, you know, where stigma, you know, oh, absolutely. exists or your grandparents don't absolutely. want you talking about it or, you know, I know family members where, you know, a, a child is taking their own life and they won't even say what happened. I'm not saying you got to be out telling your business, but... Don't act like it didn't happen. Yeah, family history is important. And because we, we you don't know who shame. else you could be helping, yeah. even yeah. if it's in your small circle. Like, talk through it. Like, yeah. let's, it's okay. You know, as black folks, we, you know, we were so prideful about stuff. And, you know, we grew up, you know, not telling our secrets. And I know that exists in other communities too, but it's like, you know, we got to be so hush-hush about everything. It's like, yeah. you're really hurting the family. By doing that. Absolutely. And, you know, like the joke on Soul Food with Uncle Pete, you know, we all got an Uncle Pete or Aunt somebody. You don't just throw them their food and close the door. Like, you got to deal with it. We can't normalize that anymore. Like, I had an uncle, God rest the dead, who for years we couldn't figure out what was going on with my uncle. Now, looking back on it, I know he struggled, you know, with some form of a mental health challenge. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up getting, my, my sister finally got him on antidepressants. And then he got sick because he had to go into the hospital and I 
blame the hospital for the, the way they did the surgery. But he was finally, I was like, this is the same, the same person? Yeah. Like, he was the most happy and vibrant person I'd ever seen. I was really enjoying my uncle. And then, unfortunately, he got sick. And I was like, man, if we had a guy had more antidepressants years Very ago, yeah. he'd have had a whole different life. So yeah. I had my own version of Uncle Pete and, and witnessed it. Yeah, we, we could not believe kind of it. We were like, oh, my God. Yeah. Had we just paid more attention? Had we talked about these things oh, out Or loud just encouraged, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. you got to break that stigma down within the Have family, to. especially, you know, the elderly um, people in our family because therapy wasn't a thing for yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, I so, think for us, it's... There's so many people who have so many experiences that we just push into the closet because we don't want to deal with the embarrassment mm-hmm. or the questions. When in reality, the family and all the family that's coming after needs that information 100%. because it impacts our health. 100%. And our general. children are talking about it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Openly. But you don't want the child to be well but then go home and then the grandparent and the parents aren't well too. Yeah. Yeah. Like even, like it sounds a shame, we do just how we do these teen cope clinics. We have what's called parent cafes. Yeah. So while the teens are in the Coke clinic, we're doing a parent cafe teaching them. Education. about Yeah. yeah so tell us more about Silence yeah. of Shame. So Silence of Shame is a nonprofit organization. We got our 501c3 in 2017. And we exist to educate communities and empower them around mental health and wellness. So we do community conversations. So we call them conversations in care now, where we'll do panel discussions with leading experts, Mm -hmm. people with lived experiences. We also have our own podcast. Um, We do workplace wellness trainings where we can come in and train your staff or your team or offer on-demand classes around mental health and wellness. And um, we do mental health first aid trainings, suicide prevention trainings, you know, any and everything around educating the community. And so we, we're trying to, again, dispel those myths yeah. and erase that stigma yeah. and silence the shame so that, I love it. so that we can be a healthy people. How does someone tap in to help or be helped by Silence the Shame? So you can visit us at silenceashame.com um, on our website. We have volunteer opportunities for different events. Um, if you are a corporate person or someone in the community um, that might want to sit on our board or advisory boards, you can also reach out on the website, follow us at Silence to Shame. But um, yeah, we we have a really great organization. And we are small but mighty, um, but we're making some strides. Even last year, I got an opportunity to be interviewed by Ryan Seacrest. I was actually at the ball drop, y'all, in the middle of Times Square. Yeah, they gave us $10,000. They chose five organizations and we were one of five. I was like, wait a minute, say what now? You want me to be on what? But that was one That's of those pinch me moments. Purpose. Oh, wow. I was literally on New Year's Rockin' Eve Dope on behalf that. of the organization. You know, so, so speaking of, of purpose, mm. wh- why is it that you think God chose you to deliver this message? Why you? Why not me? Yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and I them. used to be that girl who right. would sit and ponder, why did why? God choose me? Mm-hmm. Why me, Lord? And now I've gotten the confidence, why not me? Why not Amen. someone who people least expect would be deep in the valley, yeah. mm-hmm. deep in the struggle mentally, had all this stuff yeah. and fluff from the surface. All these things that everyone thinks they want. The masterpiece that you thought was on the That's canvas. It. The masterpiece. And it yeah. wasn't nothing but a work in progress. 
a work in progress that is just a picture at home that needed to be put in the frame? I think the understanding that that is, to some degree, probably It took me a reality. long time to get to that point. How'd you get there? Just, um, There's somebody going through it right now who hasn't gotten there yet. You know, because God keeps blessing me with these opportunities. It can't mm. be nothing but God. Mm-hmm. I've been on the Breakfast Club six years in a row. Talking about mental health. They ain't called me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So it's these God moments, right? It, the, the, the fact that Johnson & Johnson wanted to partner with me on wow. the Mebo show. That's big. And I know we haven't really talked about... My podcast is not this huge podcast, but it's something unique and different. I dedicated season one to Hip Hop 50. Right, right. I interviewed everybody from Run DMC to MC Light to David Banner to Dr. Dre from Your MTV Raps. Mm. You know, some incredible... Names. Roxanne, Shantae, Charlemagne the God. Like, yeah, yeah. some real names, right? And they wanted to just, you know, partner with me to provide resources and bring um, their medical experts to the table. And so that that in and of itself was a God moment. Yeah. And I just feel like he keeps blessing me and putting these opportunities in front of me to impact culture yeah. in a way that I haven't been yeah. a part of before. Yes, I impacted it with music, but now it's about healing the culture. Yeah. Plus, you speak the language. You, you've been there. You're trusted. You're credible in the space yeah. to bring this Yeah, so message. it's like, why not me? That's critical. So why not me? It's critical. like the perfect storm. And yeah. my, I really realize now, like, God has me at the intersection of health and culture. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolutely. Period. So season two, God willing, I want to talk to athletes. I want to talk to politicians. I'm going to open it up to other black folks in the culture to talk about mental and physical health. That's what the Mebo show is. M-I for mind, B-O for body. That's why I named it the Mebo show. Okay. So I'm talking about mental and physical health on my podcast. Where, so... I understand Silence to Shame, mm-hmm. right? And I, I understand the Mebo show, but what I don't understand yet is how did you find yourself in the position to create them, right? I, I get the experience that you've had and going through it and then talking to people about it, and it, it turns into something. But, but when did it turn into a real business? When did it turn into a real podcast? How did that part happen for you? It turned into a real podcast for the Meepo show when um, a young lady named Antoinette Cheek, who works mm-hmm. for um, Johnson & Johnson, came to me and said, you know, they've been doing a lot of great work in the African-American community, and they were looking for cool and innovative ways to bring health yeah. to culture. And, you know, it was it was that one shining moment, you know, like at the end of March Madness <laughs> where she came down and had that meeting with me and I was like, whoa, this is real. Yeah. And, Blessed. It's ordained. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how it happened. I mean, you know, I am still a child of the industry and I am still very much, um, I would like to think an astute business person. So when she reached out and wanted to have a meeting, I didn't like, you know, um, 
F around, you know what I mean? I made sure yeah, I followed up. Right. I was like, let me take me, let me handle my B.I., as they say, let me do what I need to do. And it, and it, you know, it became a reality. And so, and even with Silence of Shame, like, it started as a hashtag. I was on the radio show, I was doing so an interview with, with Ryan Cameron when he was on a different station than he's on now. And I was like, yeah, Ryan, I don't know why we, like, tripping. Like, everybody's so ashamed to talk about it. We just need to silence the shame. And I was like, ding, 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 hold up. <laughs> so I had to put my marketing hat back on from the music industry days. I was like, that's kind of catchy. And I was like, silence the shame. So I made a hashtag. Yeah. And then in 2016, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh. So I was like, let me see if a few of my friends will support. So I got like, one of my boys is working with Nick Cannon. So Nick Cannon did a PSA for us. And I did some press in Atlanta. So it was kind of a soft lunch. Yep. Then the following year, is we had more volunteers and different people doing stuff. And I said, you know, I'm going to make May 5th National Silence of Shame Day. I'm just going to make it up, make up some shit. It sounds good. I know it's Cinco de Mayo, but Mayo let's create too. a day yeah. where we all silence the shame and we talk about mental health. So I made, I had somebody make me a little graphic for Instagram. It just said National Silence of Shame Day. It's not May 5th. This was 2017. I thought a few people might post. I was like, everywhere. let me go back and ask some of my former music, you know, colleagues and artists I work with. We got 90 million impressions in one day. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing it. Big Boy, Usher, Candy Burris, Naughty by Nature. I mean, all kind crazy. One how, day. How did it feel? It was, it was, um, I cried. Because oh. <laughs> it was, it's mental yeah. health. Yeah. Right. Nobody in 2017 was talking about that. Was talking about that? Yeah. Not like that at that level. Mm-hmm. I remember and being proud because to see I was vulnerable enough to share my story, right. I guess people were like, okay. And then they were also thinking, to your point, I got a family member. I've been through something and never really thought about it. I had so many people hit me, you know, like, yo, thank you for opening up, or I've been through this, or I got a family member that went through that. And and then it just snowballed. And then, of course, in the pandemic, we all had to sit in our thoughts and our feelings. We all had mental health issues then. And that's why we're yeah. seeing so many. We're seeing, you know, the result of us being isolated, being traumatized from a pandemic and so much more. And so now it's just, you know, it's commonplace now for a lot of people to, to talk about mental health in interviews and stuff. But it it is truly humbling knowing that, and I wasn't the first, but knowing that I was... You're definitely a trailblazer. In, in that space. crowd, yeah. especially from a cultural standpoint of people really talking about it. I mean, to hear Charlemagne say, I saw you, or Carrie Hilson speaking out for the first time on her depression at a Silence of Shame event, mm -hmm. or even just last year, DJ Drama waited six months to do my podcast. We did a live podcast at the gathering spot. He shared his experience with addiction and said he had been sober for a year. He had never shared that. Yeah, I know he'd be on every mixtape, mm -hmm. every interview, every day. He waited. He felt like Silence of Shame was a safe place, and he shared that with me first. It says a lot about you and the character yeah. that you walk with. And the trust that you got. I appreciate that, but it's also just, it, again, it's just... It's a testament to the safe space that we created through Silence of Shame. And it's a trusted source now, I feel like, in, in ways. Like, y'all, it is so humbling. Like, I be having, again, these God moments. Like, no lie, I'm in the mall a couple weeks ago. 
This lady said, uh, and I, I was getting something stitched where I get my hats made. Right. This lady said, excuse me, ma'am, did, did I hear him say your name was Shanti? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, Shanti from Silence of Shame. <laughs> I said, yes. Yeah. Look at that <laughs> and smile. She, and she was like, oh, my God, da, 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 you don't know how much. You know, I've been following you for five years, and I was in grad school when I first started following you. Now I have my own practice. I was like, what? Say word. Beautiful. And then I'm at the airport earlier this summer, and a lady, um, nice black lady, was in line. I think she worked for an airline. And we, it's like 6 in the morning. You know, you're tired, sleepy face. We waiting <laughs> for the restaurant to open to get our little breakfast. And she was like, Chanty Doss, that was a shame. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, can I just hug you? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you don't know. She's like, seriously, you don't know what you did for my family a couple years ago. It's just all these kind of moments, like. Yeah. So having seeing artists win Grammys and awards is one thing, but when somebody tell you they family member got therapy or help or is alive because of you, you change you changing lives. That ain't number yeah. God. Yeah. I, I I am only a vessel. Absolutely. <laughs> it's God that's changing lives Absolutely. through the work that I do. I don't want the credit. I just am grateful that He's using me as a vessel to do His work yeah. to I heal love the culture. It. I love it. I think there's, um, for me, I, I have dealt with anxiety issues that popped up in the last, I don't know, two years or so. Mm-hmm. And mine are, are minimal compared to what a lot of people deal with. And anxiety, just so y'all know, is healthy. You know, yeah, there's, there's healthy anxiety. So, absolutely, like, don't think absolutely. that, like, you knew you'll never experience anxiety. And if you do, oh, woe is me. Like, right. No, like, we all deal with Thoughts, racing thoughts, and different things. So there's healthy anxiety. You just have to monitor it. I just had to say that. Well, no, because, again, that's, it's spot that's on. educating people so they don't think like, oh, you got anxiety. What's wrong? No, we all have anxiety yeah. about stuff. Because I mean, it leads to what I was going to say because it grew to a point that for me it got unhealthy and I didn't recognize mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen mental illness in severe ways very, very closely. Sure. There are people I love who have gone through Same. some significant things. And it created this false sense in my head, I know what that's going to look like. And Mm -hmm. then when I dealt with my own, Mm -hmm. even though it was minimal, I was confused. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why when I woke up, I couldn't go back to sleep. I didn't know why I couldn't stop my mind. I had heard racing thoughts, but I had never experienced them. Not like that. Mm -hmm. And it was something completely different for me. And and what helped me was a story. I heard someone's story. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. That sounds like— that's why we got to share— Which goes to the point, it's so critical that you have created a space where people feel safe enough to tell their stories. Mm. Because that is how so many of us learn yeah. what it feels like. 100%. Right? And, it's, and I want to encourage people to share your story if you're ready. Yeah, you yeah only you're if not, you're ready. Right. And you know what? You may never share your story. Right. You might just share it with a the therapist. But if you need help. Don't be afraid to go to the doctor. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Um, the only other thing I want to add, too, is um, a shout-out to Microsoft, my boy Darrell Booker. They included us in a global hackathon about a year ago. Long story short, we have an app coming out in okay, May now. with Microsoft. It's a resource app. It's right. a lot of—it's, it's, you know, quite a few wellness apps out there now. But ours will have content, and we'll have—it'll um, be community-driven and based. So we're we're grateful. So we're— we're the little engine that could. We are still pushing, it. and we need donations, y'all. Tell them so how. If you want to make a like, and people think, oh, ten dollars don't matter. Yes, it does. You Everything could, matters. You might be like, you know what? Once a month, I'm gonna donate ten dollars. We need a reoccurring donor. So you can say, I'm gonna take my lunch money, 
for 12 times this year, I'm going to donate $10 a month so you can donate um, on our website and become a reoccurring donor at silenceashamed.com. Or you can text the word SILENCE, S-I-L-E-N-C-E, to 707070. Mm. And then please subscribe to my podcast. We, we were just featured in the hip-hop section on Apple Music. Love it. Under Apple Podcasts. So we need more listeners. That's free. You ain't got to pay for the Mebo show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then we have the video on YouTube. So please go on YouTube or go on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast from. And, and check us out and tell a friend. I love it. Yeah. Why don't, um, I think one of the things that we could do is we'll be going on break here at Wild Black, Wild Black shortly. Why don't you give us a couple of your episodes and we'll release them in our feed and just, just expose, expose our crowd. Our, you our better, wait a minute. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I told you the, the real talk is this is about building. Oh, this man. Is, this audience is not ours, right? Thank you it's, so much. It's the audience that needs to hear these messages. So we'll take a couple of episodes, man. drop them in our feed. I mean, at the end of the day, it helps us too, right? Because now our feed doesn't it doesn't fall off the auto window, yeah, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a win-win. We give I them the message that. they need and we keep it going. Y'all some good brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All while being black. <laughs> I will be happy to come back anytime. Absolutely. This is such a blessing. The, the space is yours. You can come back whenever you want to. I got two questions that we always close sure. with. The first one is, Art and I are intelligent. And that means we are smart enough to know when we are not the experts in the room. <laughs> Was there anything that we needed to talk about today that we did, did not? Feel free to break it down for the audience now, for the family now. Hmm, that's a great question. Well, first of all, this has been a really fun interview. Thank I'm you. Glad. Um, very well you produced. You forgive us for that question? Very well produced. I forgive you. Even <laughs> I told you I still like Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Don't be out there saying Shanti Dyes don't like Marvin Gaye. <laughs> I do like Marvin, but no. Um, I think that's it. Um, I just want people to know that um, some mental health challenges or mental illnesses are not always genetic, but sometimes they are. So it's it, you should learn about your family history. I think you might have mentioned that earlier. Know your family history yeah. from a health perspective. Um, also understand we didn't really talk about um, diet and exercise, how that really affects your overall mental health and wellness. I know for me, like, especially in the wintertime, there's something called seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. And so with the fewer hours of sunlight, it can, you know, decrease certain levels of serotonin and different things that you need. Yeah. Um, so get outside in the daylight hours when you can or, you know, find some kind of workout regimen or things that you can do. Um, start your day. Oh, I also just want black people to know that it's okay to go to church and have a therapist. Hashtag mm. prayer and therapy or hashtag Jesus and therapy or hashtag the universe and therapy. Whatever it is you mm-hmm. believe in, you can do both. It's not one or the other. So all those misconceptions and things that we were taught when we were growing up or whatever, you heard your aunties and uncles say, it ain't true. You can have both. You can... 
again, going back to you can still be that masterpiece and a work in progress, right? So use the tools that you need um, as you are on this journey called life. And don't try to find joy in, in the destination. It's not always about that journey, right? Um, just mm. find joy throughout life, through the, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs. Um, there's always something that you can smile about. And and again, just try to try to lead with love. And that's not about necessarily always leading with love outside. Look inward. You got to love yourself first. Because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to want to get the help that you need, mentally or physically. Half of the time, if I hear someone gets diagnosed with a physical illness, so much of that journey is the attitude. And you got to try to be positive about it. So love yourself and know that God or whoever you believe in is going to help you through it because you will have a better outcome with your, prognos- with your prognosis. And so that's mental and physically. So love yourself. So if y'all can indulge me, repeat after me. Ready. I am love. I am love. I am peace. I am peace. I am joy. I am joy. I am everything I need to be. I am everything I need to be. I. I. Am, am enough. Enough. I love that. I love that. I love that. Last question. Tell them where they can find you, engage with you, support you, listen to you. I guess that's not a question. That's more of a statement. <laughs> but all that good all stuff. All right. Well, you can follow me on... <clears throat> I'm really just an Instagram girl right now. I'm not on Twitter anymore. And Facebook is just for my friends I grew up with. <laughs> Got it. So I keep that private. But um, so you can find me at Shanti Das, S-H-A-N-T-I-D-A-S 404 on IG. Um, you can find my podcast at The Mebo Show, T-H-E-M-I-B-O-S-H-O-W on IG and at Silence the Shame on Instagram. Also go to silenceshame.com for resources or if you want to volunteer, you want to donate. Oh, and I have two books that I put out over the last 10 years. The first you book... You not mention the books. I Come know, on, I'm man. sorry. The Hip Hop Professional <laughs> 2.0, A Woman's Guide to Climbing the Ladder of Success in the Entertainment Business. That's available on my website at www.silencetheshame.com. And then my second book, which is a short book, is called Silencing My Shame. Right. It's my mental health journey. That's also on my website, silencetheshame.com. They make good Christmas gifts, so give the gift of reading for the holidays if you want to give someone some of my books. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Art Brother, you got anything? I got one final question. Okay. Like, let's... And this is a scenario, right? <laughs> and And I, I was sitting here thinking about it because I, I have family that have mental health issues as okay. well, right? How do you help someone who doesn't think they need to be helped? That's a great question. That is. Uh, and I get asked that quite often. First and foremost, you can't make people right. get help. Uh, you can try to be supportive. Sometimes if you see somebody experiencing challenges, like be there for them and say, how are you feeling instead of how are you doing? Because a lot of times we say, how are you doing? You're just going to be like, oh, I'm good. That's yeah, a natural that's a response. But if you ask them how they're feeling, sometimes they're willing to open up and share a little bit more. The other things you can do is you can talk about what you've experienced. Like, man, I'm just having such a tough day. My, you know, I had these racing thoughts. I had to go outside and just take a run. 
take the onus off of them, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of put it on yourself and share some of your experiences and maybe that will make them open up. If that doesn't work, try talking to one of their loved ones, right? And you might be able to, you might have to say like, hey, I've noticed something in your brother or your husband or whomever. You know, you might want to just kind of stay close and, or, or ask them if they've noticed any changes. Because the thing about mental health is it's not like you can, yeah, there are depression screening tests and different things you can do, but it's not like a blood test that you can just go take. Yeah. It's about a system of behavioral patterns and changes, right? So if you see something that's happening consistently with your child or your loved one, or your spouse, and they're just not, or at work or colleague, they're not acting like themselves and you noticing a change in their behavior pattern, that's when you may want to really try to, you know, offer support, share resources, get educated yourself. That's why these trainings are so important. Just like, like CPR training is important. Mental health first aid training is really great because you get to learn about the different mental health challenges, how you cope, excuse me, the signs and symptoms to look out for. So get yourself educated. Um, and then, you know, just maybe pass along some resources, email it to them. And if you find that they're really standoffish, again, that's when you start talking to loved ones and friends. And if, you know, you just kind of have to monitor it. Um, but you want to be there for them, but you can't force people to try to get help. You can't force them to open up, but just try to lead with love and be a friend and be compassionate. Lead with empathy and not sympathy. Mm, that's a good one. Because you don't want, people don't want to think that you feel sorry for them. They just want, you know, to feel like, okay, you can kind of put yourself in my shoes. And that's why sometimes sharing your own experiences will make someone open up about theirs. That's why you said listening to stories is so important because it breaks down that shame and stigma and it evens out the playing field a bit. Oh, you go through that too? Absolutely. Man, you know me. what? I was kind of kind of wanting to say something to you about this a few weeks ago, but I was a little embarrassed. But shoot, since you're saying it now, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. So it just makes it a little bit more easier, you know, to to talk to yeah. or about rather. I can appreciate those approaches. Yeah. So work, just brother? a few things. Mm-mm, that's it. Yeah. Dante, this well, thank was y'all. This was thank amazing. you. This was so awesome. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Truly been blessed by two brothers. <laughs> I love it. Like, and black. thank y'all for everybody listening. All black peace. We out. We love you. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.